0: I'm extra excited about today's guest Charlotte because she is a member of the e-commerce podassery community and a fellow product-based business owner. A mom of three with a master's degree in chemistry, she loves learning how to improve her business and connecting with other mompreneurs. Charlotte first launched her business Soaps by a Chemist at the end of 2018. She makes her soaps from scratch using the cold press method, starting with olive oil, coconut oil, shea butter, and more skin loving ingredients. Charlotte has since expanded her line to include lip balm, solid lotion, and other self-care items with ingredients you can understand by a chemist you can trust. Like most makers, she started selling to friends and family in her local San Diego, California community. But when the pandemic hit, she lost her in-person business and quickly pivoted to selling online. Once she made that pivot, she discovered a very lucrative way to reach new customers and network in the entrepreneurial space, which is what she's here to talk about today. When she first reached out to me to tell me about this and ask if I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, I was skeptical, but I'm always skeptical. After participating in one of her events and hearing the results she's getting, I knew I had to share it with you. If you're anything like me, you might be skeptical when you first hear it too, but I encourage you to keep an open mind and give it a chance. All right, friend, let's hop into the episode. Hey Charlotte, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you about this super cool marketing event strategy you've been using in your business that I didn't even realize was a thing until you told me about it. But before we get into all those details, could you tell the audience a little bit about your business, what you sell and how you got started?
1: Yeah, I'm Charlotte Smith. My business is Soaps by a Chemist. I got started when I saw a friend post about making soap, I thought that was pretty cool. I have my master's in chemistry. I can figure out how to make soap. Started making it. Friends wanted to buy it and just kept making more and more. Then when COVID hit, things shut down. Learned how to start a website. Found business podcasts, Networked with different events. Started growing. And
0: then I have lip balms and salt lotion tubes and muscle balm. Shower steamers and more. So when you first started, you were strictly in person and then it was the pandemic that really pushed you to go online. Yeah,
1: I had just been selling to friends and family. Then I had parties. I wanted to do that MLM status, parties at your home, open the house, invite friends over, have them invite their friends over. And then when COVID shut down, no one wanted to come to your house. And so I was like, how do I let
0: people know that I have the product? And it was the only way was to start up a website. And I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, most of us don't know what we're doing when we're just getting started. So now that you really are a fully online e-commerce business, how has the transition been and what have you been doing to grow your business? Well, it's super nice that I'm able to do
1: everything from home. I very rarely do any in-person events. I mean, I do have an in-person pop-up this Saturday and then another big one at the end of May. But for the most part, I do all e-commerce, online sales, ship across the the United States, mostly from customers who have found me
0: from these virtual vendor events and
1: networked from there.
0: Got it. And I love that story because... Who doesn't love being able to work from home instead of having to go out into the world? And these virtual events that you use to grow your business is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So I didn't even really know they were a thing until you reached out to me. I had sort of heard about people hosting shopping parties and Facebook groups, but I didn't really understand what that meant or how it worked. So for those in the audience that have never heard of them, can you give us a quick overview of what a virtual vendor event is?
1: Yeah, it's a pop-up Facebook group. There's usually 20 to 30 vendors, and that can be crafters if it's an only crafter event, or it can be MLM representatives or affiliates. And it's 20 to 30 vendors who then showcase their products, have interactive posts about their products show why they started their business, kind of really to get to know the owner, why they're doing it, how it's changed their life, how it can change your life. There's usually um, a raffle prize if you make a purchase, so there's incentives.
0: So the last event that you did, I had the pleasure of attending. Thank you for inviting me. And essentially someone decides to host one of these, they create a pop-up Facebook group, they invite vendors. All of the vendors invite people to shop So if you've got 30 vendors who are all inviting 30 people, you can do the math on how many people end up being there. And what's really cool is that all the people who are there, the consumers that are there, they know that it's a shopping event. Like they know that people are going to be talking about products and they're going to learn about new products and have an opportunity to shop. So it's not you interrupting them and saying, hey, do you want to buy my thing? That's why they're there. That's the whole purpose. And the other thing that's really cool is, and I believe you mentioned this to me initially, Charlotte, but the majority of the vendors there are MLMs. So if, You are not that you are immediately going to stand out because you truly do have a product or a brand that this consumer has never, ever seen before versus just seeing a different rep selling the same thing. So I know it can be a little off putting at first to say, Hey, I'm going to be selling alongside all of these MLMers, but actually that's going to work in your favor because you're going to immediately stand out. Yeah. And their friends have never seen. So it's
1: not just that I'm trying to sell to who they've invited. Sometimes the best customers are the fellow vendors. And so every time I go to a new event, you're marketing to a dedicated group of 30 people. They're invested in reading your posts because they want you to read their posts. And then
0: if you're a good salesman, then they are invested in wanting to support you too. Yeah, totally. The goodbye founders who were on the podcast a few weeks ago said the best consumers of small businesses are other small businesses. So these events are a great way to get connected with other business owners who are trying to do something similar to you and understand what it's like. And really, this is no different than an in-person pop-up you're just doing it in a Facebook group instead. And ultimately, networking is so important in any business. This seems like a great way to network while also selling products. So from what I gather, there's typically one person who organizes and hosts the event, right? They curate the vendors, manage the Facebook group access. So how does that typically work? Do I have to pay to participate? What are the expectations of the vendors? What details do we need to know? So
1: It's usually networked. Once you know a host who runs these events, usually they're an MLM person themselves who that's where they are able to curate business and curate vendors and really network for themselves. But there's some people who like to do this just for fun and they've turned a business into it where they're running hundreds of events every month and they hire admins for each of the groups and then those individual admins are required to find vendors to fill those groups, that that doesn't necessarily mean that if you pay for a super well-organized one, that it's going to do spectacularly better than a lesser known one, because it's all about what customers are there and what they're interested in buying. Once you find someone who knows how to run one and who is running them, then you let them know, hey, I'm interested. And they find a week they have an opening for you, so they don't want to have another handmade soaper. Send, I make, soap. Then you join the group. It's usually a fee of $10 to $25, depending on who's running them. And if they have a raffle, then the raffle money, whether it's $50 or $100 for making purchases, that money comes from that fee. You have the requirements for being in them, some of them are invite 50 friends, invite 100 friends. Some have a requirement that you can't get admin access until you have 10 to 20 people accept into the group which sometimes those are better because then you know that you have personal message invited people to join this group so they know that they're there to support you and they're dedicated people who have accepted into the group. And you know, everybody has had 10 to 20 people have said, yes, I want to support you. I'll comment on your post and learn about everyone else. Some of them require that you comment on every single post in the group. Some are those are ridiculously time intensive and other times you can... Just comment on a few if some post in your Facebook page. But when you do comment on other people posts in the group, they recognize like, hey, who's this Charlotte who's commenting on all my posts? I should go support her and comment on hers. And then they start reading yours and they make a purchase because they're invested and realize you're different. So there's that benefit as well.
0: I love how naturally that happens. It really is just this tight-knit community of people who love to shop with small businesses. And I remember from the one that I participated in, The attendees were super into it. There was so much engagement on all the posts and it reminded me a lot of clothing boutiques who do all their selling through live video. I watched a few of those just to get a sense of what it was like when I first learned about the comment sold platform back in the day. And I was blown away by the energy from the attendees. The consumer who shops events like this really just loves the format. They're basically like the women who buy random shit on the home shopping network at 2am. My point is they're there not just because, oh, I have to support this friend, but because they love the environment of the event and want to discover new products and shop. And then how long are the events typically? Four days to seven days. And then the fee you pay to participate, the $10 to $25, it's just a one-time flat fee. There's no commission based on sales. Nope. I try to find the $10 ones because it
1: doesn't really matter if it's a $25 one per se, that they're going to guarantee you more sales. So usually my $10 one, I care more about how many vendors there are in the event because I know in the back of my mind that my best customers are fellow vendors. So I want to find ones that don't just have 10 vendors. I want ones that have 20 to 30 or more vendors. You don't want to get lost in the feed, but 20 to 30 is a good number of potential buyers that you're sharing your product with.
0: Got it. And have you found that the customers that you do pick up in these events, whether vendors or just regular old consumers, that they become long-term loyal customers for you? It depends. Some of them have been
1: absolutely, they've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars with me after meeting me in an event. And some I talk to still like every other day from the very, very (laughs) first vendor events that I've done. It got me into it. I had no idea. And this is amazing because it was during COVID and everything was shut down. And so some of those people are like, hey, I found this new vendor event. And I'm usually sweet, more new eyes rather than the same people who know the same people So you're trying to find new vendor groups because those are new people that have seen you. But there is a benefit, a big benefit of going back to one of your original hosts that you've done events with. And usually they'll reach out to you. Hey, do you want to do another vendor event with us? If you know you just did it last week, they're probably going to have some of the same people that are not going to want to buy if they just bought last week. So sometimes it benefits you to wait a couple months, whatever your selling cycle of your product is. And I sell soap. So people do need soap again. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember. I've seen you a couple months ago. I want more soap again. So in that sense, because I have a consumable product, this vendor event is even better for my business.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a great point. If you do have a consumable product, it's probably worth it to roll in those same circles so you can get some repeat purchases from previous customers who found you there the last time. And look, like any marketing activity in your business, there's going to be some trial and error. Not every event is going to hit it out of the park. Some will be better than others. And the same thing happens when you go to an in-person event. But at least this way, you don't have to lug all of your shit, set up a booth, hang out outside all day. So it's definitely a lot easier to execute. And from what I saw, most people were posting static photos. I did see some live video, but not a ton. And you're just linking people back to your site to place an order. It's not like you have to be there live for anything. I imagine you can easily just batch create all that content ahead of time and then pop into the group throughout the week to engage and answer questions as needed. Yeah, I usually spend
1: about an hour for each event. Sometimes if I'm doing two or three events in the exact same week for different hosts, then I take an hour and a half to two hours of scheduling my three times a day, five times a day post. And I have a Facebook group that's just myself is in it. I keep all my posts there and information so I know what I've posted in the past, what has done well, what interactive posts gain most sales, what kind of posts get genuine interest and comments, what kind of questions they're already asking. And then I can copy and paste and schedule it. So once it hits the day of the start of the event, I'm only answering questions. And engaging on my own posts because and the Facebook algorithm is always changing, which can be the hardest thing where you'll have a week like we're not seeing any posts. Our posts aren't getting sent out to other people on Facebook, but you're just, you know, you're on someone else's platform. You don't have control over that. You just kind of roll with the punches with
0: that. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's really no different than posting on any platform, though. Think about all the time, energy and effort we put into creating content on Instagram that only 3% of our audience sees. So. Even if you are paying 10 bucks, I'm sure you'll cover it at some point. And really, if you can't make 10 bucks at an event that people come to with the intention of shopping, there might be an issue with your product. But even if you do make zero sales because the algorithm screwed you over or it wasn't the right customer, you probably still made some really great connections and you never know who is gonna know who or who they can connect you with in the future. And I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but a few years ago, pre-pandemic, I went to an in-person event in San Diego, and I knew it probably wasn't the perfect event for me. It was mostly content creators and coaches, not really product people or even product educators, but it was somewhat local and I just wanted to be in that energy. So the night before the main event, there was a VIP dinner and long story short, I ended up at a table with Shalene Johnson. And if you don't know who she is, she's got a huge online presence. She started out in fitness and has gone on to create multiple businesses. She has two podcasts, online programs, etc. Her son, Brock, is an Instagram and social media educator. Anyway, so we're all hanging out at the table and Shalene and her CEO are super sweet, engaging everyone that's sitting there, asking what we do. And I explained that I was working my way toward quitting my nine to five and going full time in my business because I was sick of the sword fights at the top of the corporate ladder. Well, they loved it, high fived me laughing hysterically. And I apparently made quite the impression because a few months later, they contacted me to see if I'd create some educational content around Shopify for their course, Marketing Impact Academy. And so not only has that grown my audience and brought me clients, even the other day, someone mentioned that they found me there. But it really does legitimize you on the internet. It's like getting PR placement. My point is, you just never know where those connections are gonna take you. So sometimes it's just about being in the right room with the right people, even if you can't necessarily make a sale right away. Sorry for that little side tangent, but I do think it's important to remember that just because something doesn't give us direct ROI right away doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. All right. So if someone is listening and thinking, yes, I want in on this, I want to try it out. How do they get started? Networking is your biggest friend. So one way is going
1: to be, I would be your connection. And I know Jessica will put some um, links to more of the professional groups because sometimes people come and go on whether they're hosting or not. But I have at least six or seven groups of where they do this full time and you apply to that group. They have you in their system of vendors and then you can sign up for several ahead of time. It's usually like a Google form or they have a website themselves that they're more professional or they just have another Facebook group where it's a collection of 500, 600,000 vendors that it's like, hey, I'm looking for an X, Y and Z company because there's gonna be a lot of competitor MLM companies that sell the exact same thing. But for you, if they're saying, hey, we're always looking for crafters, either crafters or your own business, then you apply for an opening. And some, they might say like, oh, we're already full. Some say, hey, we're looking for five more vendors in that event. So joining the Facebook vendor groups, vendors for the vendor group, if that makes sense. And then once you've been accepted into that group, you can start signing yourself up for different weeks that you're interested in. The host will contact you, create a group Facebook messenger thread. And then people say, oh, it's starting in five days. Don't forget to get your invites in. Sometimes they start their own temporary Facebook vendor group just for that week as well. So sometimes it's hard to catch up when they have messages. That's the best way to keep up. Once you get the hang of it, not as overwhelming and you just learn the different rules of different events, you kind of keep your note. Kind of like if you do in-person events, you have to keep track of who your notes are, what places you've done in the past, what their costs are, what their rules are, whether you have a backdrop, whether you have the white tables cloth. There's different rules for every group. Then when you start making friends with other vendors, they'll start inviting you whether you want to be or not. You can always reject, but they'll start inviting you to other events. And if you haven't done that before, if you've never heard of them, you can do your own research into them. But sometimes you know that's how they're legit. There's a lot of scammers out there that are just collecting $10 and never putting on any events, like tons of us. It. So it's very important that you make the connections with real people that you've been in groups with and that you know that they were in an, a previous group and then you can join theirs. And when you join them, they usually ask you, hey, are you interested in future events with us? And you say, yes, this is my business. Then they can contact you or you can contact the admin to join that group. So it's who you know, make connections one step at a time. And soon you're just being asked all the time, not overwhelmingly, but you can say, hey, I'm no longer interested in your events or yes, I'm ready to join an event again.
0: So really, once you make those initial connections with the other vendors, you become the person that they invite to whatever event they're doing because they have minimums and quotas that they have to hit in terms of invites and stuff. Even if you are not actively selling at one of these events, like you guys are all still really showing up for one another. And it really is this like endless little community. So it's something you have to kind of be committed to. (laughs) You can get out. I definitely take breaks. It can be exhausting, but sometimes the best
1: ones are during the holidays or I'm in one currently right now that I've already gotten at least 10 sales from. And that's a lot from some of these where you spend one hour scheduled in And those become people on your email list. And if you're looking at $10 and one hour of scheduling posts, and maybe a couple of questions. It's no different than answering questions when someone finds you from an
0: email. I think it's definitely worth exploring. And I imagine it's probably really great for people who are a little bit more introverted. They don't necessarily want to be like face to face with customers in person all the time. As long as you have a handful of decent pictures of yourself (laughs) that you can post in these groups so the shoppers can get to know you. And then obviously photos and stuff of your product, but you don't have to be. On in order to participate in these, which I think is just really cool. And I can definitely do a couple, maybe test out a couple before you go into a holiday one. So you can kind of get the groove of it a little bit because I imagine those are a little bit more chaotic and there's probably more people and more action and more questions and all of that. So I would say dip your Toe in with some smaller ones first, maybe during some slower times. But yeah, it really is about the ultimate ROI on this for the energy and effort that you have to put in compared to what you can get out of it. I mean, I think it's worth a freaking shot. Is there anything aside from potentially getting scammed? (laughs) There's always someone trying to scam someone else on the internet. So I wouldn't let that be a deterrent for you if you guys have been around for any length of time, you know, I was impersonated on Instagram, like of all the people, why did they impersonate me? And they started like messaging people trying to scam them out of money. So it can always happen. That's just the nature of the internet. It's a wonderful and terrifying place all at the same time. And then obviously there are some that are going to be better organized than others. Is there anything or any lessons you can kind of give us where, hey, I did this and like, I recommend you don't or like this is a really big mistake that I made when I was participating in one of these? Yeah, some of them recommend that you schedule 10, 15 posts a day.
1: And if you're doing that for seven days, that is a lot of content, a lot of pictures, a lot of scheduling, and that does not guarantee more sales. The ones that have two to three posts a day for four days, five days, that is plenty of posts to share your best selling items for someone to get to know you, for enough links to show up. And you're not getting drowned with everyone else's 15 posts a day and pure exhaustion. So you don't want the ones that require or that even allow 15 posts a day because you will get drowned. It's not as much good information. People are just throwing up posts to throw up posts. It's really easy to avoid the scammers. You just make sure you join groups that you've done in the past or you go and check out their current group and ask to join, hey, what's your current one that you're doing? And then
0: you go and make sure that they're actually the admin in that group and seeing that it's live and happening. Ah, smart, you can totally do some due diligence there. All right, so if you wanna give this a try, let's walk through a little recap overview. First things first, you gotta find a host. Charlotte provided us with a few links to the more professionally organized events, check the show notes for those. And I would definitely stick to the professionally run ones in the beginning so that it is nice and organized. You have clear communication and expectations from the host. You know what you need to do, how you need to do it. It's always easier to get the hang of something when you have clear direction from the jump. Even if it doesn't lead to the most sales in the end, it will give you the opportunity to see what a well run event looks like and what kind of content you'll need. Then if you end up in a less well-organized one later, you already know how to approach it. If you've ever been to a poorly organized in-person event, you know how much more overwhelming that makes the process versus if you've mastered your own process first, it's not as stressful. I'd also recommend getting in on one as an attendee first versus a vendor so you can see how they run and the type of posts the vendors make, what the engagement is like, and all that. When it's time for you to be the vendor, just start testing things out and take note of what gets the most engagement, what gets the most sales, so that you can repeat what works. Once you've got your system down, Then you just rinse and repeat. And you know, I love a good rinse and repeat system. It's one of the many reasons why I love product launches so much. You'll also want to be strategic about when you do them. Start off during a slower time. And then when you get the hang of it, you can hop into those holiday ones. This summer could be a really great time to practice. And remember, while you can batch create your content ahead of time and you don't necessarily have to be live in the group You will want to be available at least a few minutes a day to engage and answer people's questions because the engagement is the part that will really make you money. And then know that you're basically going to get adopted into this community of vendors who hold a bunch of these events. They're going to invite you to the ones to hit their quotas and they're going to ask you to participate as a vendor. That's just how this goes. But you can certainly take time off when you need it and let hosts know if you don't want to participate in their events anymore. At the end of the day, there's always a way out if you decide it's not for you or you just need to take a little break. Any other last words of wisdom that you want to leave them with? I think one other benefit is that you're inviting your own friends that you've
1: asked to come and support you. No purchase necessary just comment help the Facebook algorithm to show my product to more people. And in turn, those friends are reading posts and things about your business that they've never read before. And you're converting your own friends to be customers. So that is one other really great, not hard sale to your friends, but it works. And I've seen it. And you can also ask your own customers that you have a Facebook group or a Facebook page hey, I'm doing this event, come join. There's going to be a raffle if you make a purchase. There's an even bigger incentive to purchase. And so your own customers are like, oh, hey, yeah, I'll do that. And so there is a lot
0: of networking that happens and a lot of benefits for that. That's a really good point because I feel like if you have friends that aren't also online entrepreneurs, they don't necessarily understand what it is you do. So this is a really fun way for them to see you in action, learn more about your business and what you sell and give that little bit of extra support. And I also love the idea of inviting your own customers to the events because it gives you a way to engage with your existing audience, encourage repeat purchases, without you having to create your own event from scratch or worry that not enough people will show up and make it fun for them. Because all of that is already built in. And since there aren't any direct competitors, you don't have to worry about losing them to someone else. Ah, so much good stuff, Charlotte. Thank you again for reaching out and coming on the show to teach us about these events, which honestly feel a bit like a secret society. If our listeners want to get in touch with you to attend one of the events that you're participating in or just check out your soaps, where should they go? On Instagram and Facebook,
1: I am at soapsbyachemist or my website is soapsbyachemist.com. That's the easiest way to find me. On Facebook, I'm Charlotte Reininger, my maiden name. Probably easier to go through my social media channels, friend me, ask, hey, I'm interested. I heard about your virtual vendor events. Get me connected.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, I will put all of those links in the show notes. And Charlotte, I think you have a little something special for the audience. Yeah, I do have a special offer. Use code podcast,
1: P-O-D-C-A-S-T for 10% off your first order
0: at soapsbiochemist.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Again, guys, you can find all the links to the event host to connect with Charlotte and to check out her soaps in the show notes. Definitely go take a peek at all of that. Thank you again for sharing. Thank you guys for hanging out and listening. Let me know if this is something that you're going to try because I'd be really curious to see how it goes. I hope you guys are having an amazing day and I'll see you on the flip side, friend.